Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Happy draft week, everybody. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I am Anthony Kazenza coming at you live with a special interview with a very special guest, part of our ongoing NFL draft coverage. We've got you covered from start to finish. And our special guest is Hall of Fame offensive tackle, former Cincinnati Bengals offensive tackle, Anthony Munoz. Anthony, how you doing? Great, Anthony. How you doing today? I'm doing well. You, you, you're doing okay through all this craziness in the societal <laughs> landscape? You know what? Uh, for the most part, yeah, things are going pretty well. You know, we, uh, you know, being here uh, where we are with our place here, we got a little bit of land, so uh, get a chance. Uh, I discovered uh, trees blowing down by the strong wind we had a week oh, wow. and a half, two weeks ago. So I've uh, gotten into chainsaw. I went and got me a chainsaw <laughs> doing some cutting of trees and helping our little guy that does a lot of the work around here. So I did that. And of course, uh, my wife and I, we, we kind of sneak out and drive around a little bit, get a little grandkid time now and then. We go down to our, we see our grandkids for a little bit. And I've been playing a little golf. So I uh, played 18 yesterday. Good I've played in the last two and a half, three weeks. I've probably played a handful of times. So, you know, you just kind of, you got to go with it. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be over with and get back to normal as, as much as we can be normal but yeah things are going pretty well well that's good to hear i'm a little jealous on the golf front i haven't been able to do that so <laughs> good to have you with us anthony munoz hall of fame offensive tackle joining us courtesy of new era caps go get your draft gear your Bengals draft gear how you can on a variety of different sites where new era is available Anthony Munoz is joining us to talk not only about Bengals football, but about his great foundation. We'll hear about that and how you, the listeners and Bengals fans, can get involved and help out his foundation. So we'll hear more about that in a minute. But Anthony, let's let's start off with the current your thoughts on the current state of the Bengals. The last time you were on our program, Marvin Lewis was returning in 2018. It was kind of a tumultuous time, and uh, they got off to that good start in 2018 and then fell apart. And then now... You know, that's the second year of the Zach Taylor regime. A lot of upheaval in terms of the roster, some excitement because of free agency and the number one overall pick. How do you feel about the direction of the team right now as we sit here in April? Well, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned a couple of key components. I think the first one that was addressed, uh, first of all, was the uh, uh, the attack on the free agent market. I think, uh, you know, a lot of times the Bengals will go free agent, but people complain about where they spend the money and a lot of times it doesn't uh it doesn't pan out but uh, if i look at uh really it looks like almost uh overhaul for a lot of the, the at least the, the the back two uh levels of the defense you know with mckenzie alexander and of course you've got uh, trey waynes and you know some uh you know john von bell and josh Vine. some you know at least it looks pretty good they've, they've done a pretty good job with the teams they've been on but i think the thing that impresses me is the playoff experience with these guys. So you're bringing in 
a load of guys that have a lot of playoff experience, uh, you know, and you got a couple guys that have been up in Minnesota with uh, our old friend uh, Zim. So, you know, they, they can tackle, you know, that they're, they're getting after defensively. And then you got the big guy, uh, DJ Reader, mm-hmm. who uh, is only going to help, uh, you know, with Gino and guys that are getting a little up there in age, uh, along with the, the younger guys. But, you know, and I think, uh, you know, we have to talk offensive line. That was Xavier Suofilo coming in. He's got quite a few starts. Hopefully he's healthy. Uh, you know, he's played with the Cowboys and the Texans. So I think that helps along that offensive line. But, uh, you know, with the number one pick, you know, that adds another one. But, you know, we I look at it not only the free agency, but we're going to come into this year basically with two free eight or two um, first-round picks. Jonah Williams, who didn't get any time last year, basically going to be a rookie. So he was our number one last year. And then uh, I would imagine Joe Burrows will be our uh, number one this year. Yeah, Suofilo is from the second best football program in Los Angeles, right, Anthony? <laughs> That's right. That <laughs> you know, that, that had, I tell people, I say, you know why UCLA moved their home games to the Rose Bowl? That's the only way they could play in the Rose Bowl, <laughs> to move their home games. <laughs> 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 it's just a joke. It's a joke. Uh, <laughs> All in good fun. I, I, yeah, good, exactly. good, good segue to my next question about the Bengals' current state of the offensive line. They seem to be more enamored with the state of the offensive line, who they have on the roster, including Jonah Williams and Bobby Hart at the tackle spots. I, you know, I think most of us would like to see them attack both that spot and, and maybe even interior offensive line this coming weekend. How do you, how do you think the outlook is for Jonah Williams missing last year and, you know, Bobby Hart played better towards the end of the year last year, but he has definitely struggled at times. Well, so first of all, you know, let's, let's look, look at the left side. If Jonah Williams is, is uh, healthy and it appears it is, I saw him, uh, maybe I, I saw him on some video pushing a truck or something around in the parking lot. So it appears he's, he's in the guy has some amazing work ethic as, as far as I know. So you have, you know, again, he's a rookie. He's going to be a rookie. But, you know, they had inserted him as the number one left tackle last year before he got hurt. So if he can perform uh, the way that they expected him to and expect him to, we'll be set there. Michael Jackson, here's a kid from Ohio State, big, long, athletic. And to me, it's all about development. If they can continue to develop him, uh, you know, next to Joe, you got two young guys. But then you bring in a veteran, Xavier Sufilo, at the right guard. And to me, Trey Hopkins has been everything. I mean, he's been very consistent, you know. So, but I still think you go after some interior guys, and then the right tackle has been a, you know, for me, it's you know been a big question mark. Even prior to last year, you mentioned he played better at the end of the season, but I think that's a that's a position that we really have to address is that right tackle. So, I think we have the making of a you know pretty good offensive line, a young at a couple positions, but uh, I think we can help ourselves through the draft. Talking offensive line with a guy who knows a thing or two about it, Hall of Famer Anthony Munoz, joining us on the Orange and Black Insider, courtesy of New Era Hats, talking some Bengals, some NFL draft, and we'll be talking about his foundation in just a a minute here. Anthony, who are some of the tackles that intrigue you in this year's class to potentially upgrade at the right tackle spot, whether it's in 2020 or 21 and beyond? Um, in particular, I think you, you may have some thoughts on Austin Jackson, the USC tackle who, uh, you know, comes in as a, as an athletic kid with a lot of upside. Well, you know, it's interesting because, uh, 
uh, he would be one that, I mean, if he could fall, you know, hopefully late first round, early second, I mean, we got that first pick in the second round. So the fact that he was a left tackle shouldn't be any problem for him, you know, moving to right tackle. So he's a kid that, uh, you know, at 6'5", 222, would, uh, I think would make a, a good young right tackle. Of course, I don't know about some of those tackles uh, we're looking at. I mean, I think we're about five deep in the top uh, tier with, uh, you know, Worth from Iowa. You got Willis from Alabama, Thomas, who declared him the best of the bunch in an interview. So uh, yeah. he should be, I guess, our number one guy because he said he was the best of the bunch. And then back then from just down the street of Louisville, who's six seven two three sixty four. I mean, and Josh Jones from Houston. So you got, I mean, it's deep in the offensive tackle. I don't know how how those guys will slide down uh, if they if any of them will you know last at that first round. But uh, so you know, again, we talked about not only because he's a USC guy, but uh, Austin Jackson, off watch play and uh, very athletic. Good size, so uh, he might be a guy if he does slip out of the first round that we might be able to get. How much do you think if if Joe Burrow is the pick? How much do you think he is able to overcome? You know, if the Bengals don't really address heavily with high picks or or that sort of thing, the offensive line. How, do you think Joe Burrow is right away going to be able to overcome some of the potential shortcomings on the offensive line, or? Is this just a, a thing that you think that the Bengals need to give him every single chance possible to succeed, and that starts with getting him offensive line help? You know, I think I think you can look at it this way, but I'm a firm believer, maybe it's because I got spoiled when I was playing. You have some pretty good players. There. I think you have guys that have the ability to be pretty good offensive linemen, and if you can get one or two in the draft, fine. But I think, you know, with the system, I think when you – are faced with young guys that are developing and hopefully they can, that's where the whole strategy in the system, I mean, you put your quarterback in a position to, you know, to be successful. If you got a right tackle that is struggling, you're not going to leave them out there one-on-one -on -one the entire game again. I mean, you're going to help them everywhere you can, sliding the line, tight end, late, chipping and stuff like that. So I think the, you know, the system has to be a uh, one that's going to assist. But I think, uh, and again, you know, with Joe Mixon back then, I mean, the guy's a stud and you got, you know, hopefully AJ Green. Uh, you know, uh, so we. I think we have the pieces. I'm. I'm pretty. I guess I'm pretty optimistic, or maybe cautiously optimistic, that Joe has enough. Joe Burrow has enough around him where it's not going to be. Uh, you know, people say, well, it could be a David Klingler thing. No, nah, I don't think so. I think the talent, you know, with this offense is uh, is, is you know far much uh, superior, better than what we had or what you know Klingler was faced with when he got uh, abused when he was here. Anthony, the Bengals may be at a little bit of a crossroads with Joe Mixon just because of the landscape of that position group. And, uh, you know, he's in the final year of his rookie deal. Just kind of quick uh, shoot from the hip, I guess, a little bit. Uh, what, do, what do you think the team should do? I mean, you mentioned the plethora of talent that they have at some of the skill positions, him being one of them. Uh, you know, th there's some conflicting opinions on whether or not you extend a running back after their rookie contract, you pay him big money, that sort of thing. Mixon has shown that he can be productive behind a subpar offensive line. Is this a guy that you think is is a critical piece to keep long-term with Joe Burrow potentially being in the fold? I think so. I think because not only can he run the football, but he's, he's exhibited pretty good hands coming yeah. out of the backfield catching the football. So, I mean, from what I've seen, <clears throat> the enthusiasm that he brings, the hard work ethic, and that's going to be contagious. That's what you need with the team that is trying to get over that hump of the last two or three 
years of losing football games is you need a guy that's going to spark. And I, you know, I think he's a guy that you have to really pay attention to and hopefully, you know, that's something they'll do and, and then look at seriously keeping him. Talking with Anthony Munoz, Hall of Fame offensive tackle, the greatest Cincinnati Bengal in team history, talking NFL draft, talking Cincinnati Bengals and the state of their roster. Anthony, I, I I told you a little bit before we took the air. We've actually had a handful. We've been blessed to have a handful of your former Super Bowl teammates on this program recently. Uh, Solomon Wilcots, Tim McGee, Icky Woods, and we've we've kind of come up with a little theme for for some of you to relay maybe a story that gives us a little peek behind the orange and black curtain, if you will. And and uh, if you have either a, a, a funny anecdote, whether it's your draft experience or maybe one of the late, great Sam Weish, Paul Brown, anything, I know we would love to hear it. Well, I think the story that really got a lot of play, especially my second year, we went to the Super Bowl and I, and I had a chance, uh, the head coach, when I got back, of course, I played eight years for Sam, which... I mean, I love the guy, and uh, you know, sad that we lost him. He's yeah. a phenomenal individual, but and also a great football mind. But my first four years, where my head coach was uh, was Forrest Craig, who played for the great Vince Lombardi and the great Green Bay Packers teams. And you know, Vince Lombardi in his final book, you know, you think about all the guys that he coached up there at the Packers. You know, Bart Starr, Horning, you know, Willie Davis, who we just lost here recently, but Bart Starr or. Um, Vince Lombardi said Forrest Gregg was the finest player he ever coached. So he was mm. my head coach my first four years. And I knew all about him before I got here because he came out to work me out at SC. And I guess this would be the, the pre-draft story because I'd pretty much lost, um, I guess, being drafted by a lot of the experts, the pundits, uh, because of just playing one game my senior year, having my third knee operation in four years. I just played in the Rose Bowl. People were saying, well, you'd be lucky to you know, be a free agent. And Forrest Gregg came out and put me through about an hour and a half, two-hour workout uh, because I had played in the Rose Bowl. And uh, he wanted, you know, they had the third pick in the draft, and he wanted to see if, uh, you know, if I could, uh, you know, still move and stuff. And at towards the end of the workout, you know, Forrest was still pretty intimidating as a head coach. He was about 40 years old, about 6'5", about 250. <laughs> you know, he had that southern draw. He had that twitch when he got upset. So towards the end of the – he said, Anthony, I'm going to be a pants rusher. And he, I just want you to react. So you have to understand – at SC, we had Hudson Houck as an offensive line coach, and we were on the cutting edge. We started using our hands and punching and using them there at SC when it really wasn't the thing that linemen were doing. So we just drilled and drilled. So we were punching and using our hands. I'll never forget Forrest Gregg lined up on the outside. He faked outside and came inside. And my reaction, he said, just react. My reaction is he had his total chest exposed. I put planted both of my fists or palms of my hand in his chest and just punched him. <laughs> and the first the first thing that hit the ground was the back of his head. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. So I, went, I reached over, and I'm like, Coach, I am so sorry. And he's laying there half days, and he looks up, and he goes, that's all right, son. <laughs> and, I, and I knew that was all good. And, of course, you know, a couple months later, they, they picked me with the third pick in the entire draft. But to me, uh, I thought I was uh, – I was a done deal. I thought it was no, not going to be drafted by them because I knocked them on the ground. But uh, hope I think that helped out with the workout he put me through. And, um, you know, it wasn't just kind of a – I was sweating. I mean, it was an hour and a half, two hours. Just, uh, I mean, he was drilling me and putting me through stuff. And uh, But that was a, the final. I still had enough energy to kind of lift both the palms and punch them. And so that would be my uh, my story of my pre-Bengals uh, uh, story before they actually drafted me and uh, then of course 
had a chance, like I said, played four years with uh, Forrest, and then Sam was my second head coach, eight years with Sam, and the guy was just phenomenal. I guess a quick story about Sam, his rookie year was the same year. We had a rookie left-hand, big, blonde left-handed quarterback, mm-hmm. and we're up in Cleveland, and um, Kenny Anderson was hurt, and that was the first week, one of the first weeks that Sam Weish had put two extra linemen in and moved me and another lineman out to the t- tight end position. We had to report uh, goal line short yardage, and we had a goal line formation that he called the we beat formation because when we get in that formation we be scoring <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> sam was great with names and formations him and coslet and i guess boomer had a lot to do with it but that was the first week that the, i was at a kind of a h back and i was a primary receiver on the pass play believing that they would sam would never call that play primary receiver was offensive lineman myself well we're up in cleveland we're down 17 10, we had first and goal at the one with seven seconds, no timeout, and he calls that play. Uh. Rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, and they're going to throw to an offensive lineman to tie the game up, and I'm thinking, this guy does not want to coach in the NFL very long calling this play. <laughs> and then my, my next thought was, I better catch it because I walk <laughs> home from Cleveland if I don't. Of course, Boomer throws me the pass in the ankle-deep mud end zone. I catch it, we tie it up, going to overtime and Jim Breach wins it with three and we go home winners 20 to 17. That was kind of my oh. first experience of uh, Sam, you know, his grit, his, uh, his guttiness and just, uh, you know, his all out, let's get after it. No huddle offense, attack offense. And just what we did was so much fun. And that was led by Sam Weiss. Yeah. Sam didn't really like to back down from, from anybody. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, that Cleveland Browns, right? Exactly. Brown. Exactly. And uh, that story with, with Forrest Gregg, obviously that, you know, you, you kind of laugh about it, but that uh, was probably a major impetus of you being selected by the team. And I, I would say it worked out pretty well for everybody. So uh, very, thank- very thankful. Yeah. Thankful to Paul Brown and the Brown family. Right. Uh, before we, we, you tell us uh, about your foundation and how to get involved. I know we're going a little long, but we thank you for the time, Anthony. Um, I, I would be, I'd be in trouble. My my dad and my brother are major USC fans and big fans of yours. They followed your career through college and the pros. Quickly, what's your outlook on the Trojans this year? They had kind of a weird year last year with the injuries at quarterback and everything. You think they make a bounce back given the the, the odd year last year and the, the inconsistencies with the recruiting classes? You know, it's interesting because I, I met a gentleman out uh, – when John Robinson was getting ready to go down to LSU, and had a, we had a big party for him, go-away party, a bunch of the former players and alumni and stuff, and I met a guy there. So I reconnected real quick, reconnected with him, and he put me on the email chain, and I'm getting information that I've never gotten in my life about recruiting, about USC mm. basketball and baseball. And, I mean, this recruiting update, the recruiting updates I get are like, if, if these kids are, you know, what they are, should be that we're getting I think things are starting to change with some of these and I'm always the one that says yeah the head coach gets all the credit when they win and gets ripped when they lose but a head coach is only as good as his assistants and uh, and I'm one of the things the assistants play a huge huge role as I talked earlier about player development you know with the with teams and that's where the assistants got developed but they brought in some guys that are recruiting their tails off and getting guys all these Southern California guys that they're getting and going out of state. So hopefully that's a sign of what's going to come here. Um, you know, so I did see that, that uh, the, the young quarterback is in the um, transfer portal and he said it might still you know, be uh, 
might be still back in it, but uh, with Clovis there, you know, it's kind of tough. But I don't know what to expect. I'm excited about these new assistant coaches and the way the players are talking about the new attitude. Um, you know, maybe we get away from the no-hit November, uh, mm-hmm. which <laughs> drives me nuts. Right. So, I, you know, I've been out of there forever, and I am still one of the biggest Trojan fans. I go to one or two games a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still die with the, you know, Cardinal and Gold. So I'm hoping that we can turn it around. And, uh, you know, what was it, three years ago, uh, my buddy, about six of us went down to uh, Dallas Stadium and watched the <laughs> the USC-Alabama uh, opening game. Not real sure if I'm going to go to that. But I don't know. I might have to do it just to go down and see what's going on. But I'm, I'm, I feel, you know, I love Clay Helton. Again, I'm excited about these new assistant coaches they brought in. And listening to this stuff going on in recruiting, I hope it's the real deal. Well, let's hope so. And Anthony, you are here. We, we've talked a lot of Bengals, but you are here to talk about your foundation. The, mo- the most important thing to to talk about here is your foundation, which, by the way, the logo is Cardinal and Gold of the. Uh, That's we're, right. <laughs> we're streaming the we're streaming the website on the live video cast, and for those who watch afterward www.munozfoundation.org. I also put the web address in the chat feed. Um, we'd like to hear how we can get involved. The Munoz Foundation has assisted over 40,000 youth in helping them achieve their educational goals and other opportunities. So, Anthony, uh, I know nonprofit. This this show has a big passion to help out nonprofits. I know it's an odd time for nonprofits, for fundraising and events because of the COVID crisis. What do you have going on and how can we help you out? Well, first of all, I appreciate you putting the, uh, the uh, you know, the website, MunozFoundation.org. People can come on and, and help anyway. They can see all our programs. Uh, you know, we do work here in the greater Cincinnati area, impacting youth mentally, physically, and spiritually. Uh, first of all, I got to give a shout out because I, I, I heard one of your sponsors, New Era, and, uh, and we can't do what we do at the foundation without our, all our corporate partners. And I got to give a shout out to New Era because they are one of our many sponsors. In fact, every year we do several events where we need hats. Mm. I met Chris Cook, Chris Cook, the owner of New Era, uh, at a golf tournament half a dozen years ago. And he asked, is there anything we can do to help buy? And I said, well, I need some hats every year. Maybe if we can get a price break. Well, the guy donates 400 hats for our golf tournament, our coaches camp wow. or everything we do and new era has been amazing helping us out the last half dozen years so i'm going to give them a shout out just like you gave them a shout out at the beginning awesome. of your uh, your show but uh so yeah it's, it's all about impacting young people and we start out with elementary kids we have mentoring program for young men and women that are in elementary school then we have overnight character camps for middle school young men we teach them a little football there, but we're teaching them what it means to be a person of character, how to grow up with you know, integrity and character, and how to work together as a team. We have a, a leadership seminar that we usually have anywhere from 80 to 100 high schools for a full day, full day event. We bring in motivational leadership speakers. We have breakout sessions. We send them back to their school, and then they put together community service projects. Uh, we, we give out anywhere from 18 to 24 scholarships for seniors going to college. And the majority of the kids that we deal with are at need, but they, they excel over the top in everything they're doing. And they, they've gone through some amazing adversity, but that they are not stopped by that adversity. So like you said, we probably deal with 25 to 3,000 kids a year. 
Uh, next year, we'll be celebrating 20 years uh, that we've been doing this, and this is a passion of mine. And a lot of it comes from, you know, my upbringing there in Southern California. My mom raised five of us by herself, two older brothers, two younger sisters, working two, three jobs, never knew my dad, never will know my dad. Uh, my mom would work two, three jobs and provide for us, never had a car, and she just, the support and love that we had from her and our relatives was really kind of, and, you know, teachers I met and coaches, it really inspired me to, to give back. So uh, it's something that I love. And then right now with the COVID-19, it's kind of put a little roadblock, but I don't think it'll stop us. We've had this, you know, reschedule. Uh, we're still giving out like 18 scholarships that we would have had a dinner. Actually, today, tomorrow would have been the luncheon that we would have given 18 scholarships. Mm. We're, we're, we're hoping that we can still do our summer dinner in golf. And we'll just take those 18 and present them with our other four to 10 that we give in the summer. And then we had to uh, cancel uh, late this uh, this week. We were going to have a three-day camp with about 150 young men. But we, we'll have another one in the fall. And then we'll just this will give us the budget to do one more year. So, you know, it's, it's a canceling events, the rescheduling. But I think we'll still be able to have the impact that we've been able to have and uh, you know, have Three great uh, full-time staff, a great board, and we have a lot of great corporate partners. I know this is tough, and I'll be interested to see when we bounce back from this how things are going to go. Well, if there's anything we can do, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm putting out the the website on the, on our program and on CincyJungle.com. You know, if you're if you're seeking donations, I'm sure Bengals fans would love to rally around that and and help you out. Or if there's volunteer opportunities, whatever you need, um, definitely let us know. We want to we want to promote that. We want to make sure that nonprofits are properly assisted during this, this different time in the world. So, and, and, and all the great work that you do for, for all these young kids is, is just fantastic. Um, you know, can't, can't say enough about all the great work you're doing through your foundation. Thank you so much for joining us, Anthony. Uh, I, I hope down the road, maybe, you know, once you're getting going with the uh, color analysis on the on the Bengals preseason tv or something like that maybe you can rejoin right. us update us on some of these things and uh we can we can get back with you well i appreciate it anthony thank you for uh just giving me a chance to talk Bengals football and talk a little bit about the foundation and you know that's the thing uh this community here in cincinnati is home now we fell in love with it it's a great place it's a very engaging community a very giving back community uh, you know, a lot of my former teammates uh, are also very supportive, and we support each other. Uh, we've gotten a lot of the players that are playing now to, to help out coaches. So it's just one of those communities. It's a great place to live uh, and to be an active member of the community. The way I look at it, I went from a, a 50 to 60 man team to a, a much bigger team now in the community. So uh, it, it's great, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about this. And feel free anytime. You know, hopefully we do get a little preseason in and, uh, <laughs> and all the regular season. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But definitely yeah. we'd love to reconnect with you down the road. And thank you so much. This has been an immense pleasure. There are a ton of comments in our live chat saying, you know, Anthony, it was a pleasure watching you play. Greatest left tackle in NFL history. This is great to hear from you. So uh, just echoing my sentiments, thank you so much for the time. I know we went a little long, but... Greatly appreciated. Who day and fight on. Who day? Please tell your brother and dad, fight on. All right. Thanks, All right, Anthony. Thanks. Take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Anthony Munoz, greatest player in Bengals history, joining us on the program. 
for the second time. He, last time we had him on was quite a while, but Anthony Munoz joins us courtesy of New Era Caps. You heard him plug New Era Caps as well. Uh, apparently they are doing great stuff with the, with his foundation. And uh, go see how you can help the Anthony Munoz Foundation, munozfoundation.org, whether it's donating, seeing if you can volunteer, um, becoming a sponsor. I, I got to tell you, uh, you know, personally, I'm involved in some nonprofits, and this is an interesting time for nonprofits. They need help, and they need help in creative ways. You know, seeking donations and talking about donations for nonprofits when a lot of people are potentially out of work, whether that's temporarily or for a long period of time. I know that sounds a little, eh, but there are other people that are being helped, like these kids in the Munoz Foundation, that still need this kind of help. So if you are able, please, please, please contribute to the Munoz Foundation. Our thanks to Anthony Munoz for joining the program. It was absolute pleasure. Uh, I Poor guy, I said, yeah, maybe 10, 15 minutes. And we've gone, uh, you know, I, we had him for almost 25 or more. So um, great stuff from him. Appreciate his time. Appreciate all of you tuning in. Part of, this is just part of our, our draft coverage. It's a big part of it because it's Anthony Munoz, but it's just part of our ongoing draft coverage on cincyjungle.com and on the Orange and Black Insider. Later on Monday, we'll be back as we will be joined by the Bengals linebacker, Dahani Jones. He will be chatting with John Sheeran and I later. And uh, we have our usual show on Wednesday, as well as some other shows for draft coverage throughout the weekend. Check those out. We'll also be doing, with all of the podcast hosts in the Cincy Jungle channel, on Tuesday evening, we'll be doing a, a little roundtable discussion. So you probably want to join that as well, 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday for that one. So uh, check out all of that content. You can get all of our stuff on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and CincyJungle.com. So get the program how you can. Join us live. Subscribe to the channel so you can join us live, like when you just heard Anthony join us live on the phone. Uh, or you can download stuff after the fact and be notified when our material is out for you to view and or listen to again. Our thanks to Anthony Munoz, brought to us by New Era Hats. Go to MunozFoundation.org. See how you can help out. We thank him for his time. We thank you for yours. We'll see you in just a little bit. <laughs>